And language is like an interesting thing too because there's all these rules and they teach you these rules. Like, and I, I realize that I think one of your greatest strengths as a writer is being able to recognize where those rules are and where you have room and freedom for you to, to do other things with those mm-hmm. rules and pretty much create your own from there. another episode of In The Arts. This podcast is a deep dive into the arts industry where I speak with creative professionals about what they do and why they do it. I am your host Tani Fosdyke and in this episode I speak with rapper and spoken word poet Tender McFly. We talk about experimentation with the spoken word, the links between poetry and rap and the freedom of creating work outside of the institution. A chat really solidified to me one of the reasons I've done this podcast and that is I think it's super powerful to talk to people about things that they're skilled and passionate about that might not have been in your orbit before so you can have your eyes opened to learn about uh, creativity in a new way and that's how I kind of felt about rap by the end of our chat and I'm just really thankful for that and I'm also very thankful because Tender has been very generous in providing uh, one of his songs, Aha Okay, uh, to be played at the end of this podcast episode so please stay tuned to listen to that and I hope you enjoy the episode. Welcome, how are you today? I am good, I- I should say that again, shouldn't I? <laughs> <laughs> I am good. You are good. Yes, yeah. I'm doing well. Use the microphone. <laughs> I use the microphone. We're getting there. Um, so you should just start by asking people, like, outside of kind of, like, your expertise, which is rap and spoken word, poetry, what other art forms do you enjoy? Um, I enjoy going to the movies. Um, I, I enjoy... Um, yeah, I enjoy watching, like, TV shows and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, like, I'm always watching, like, say, Avatar. and Oh, cool. Yeah, that's just, like, um, full of, yeah, life lessons. It was just reflecting on that, like, with one of my friends yeah. just being, like, yeah, it has full of life, mm-hmm. a, a lot of life lessons. And um, they were also saying that it's probably one of the, I don't know if, do you know Avatar? I know the movie. Oh, no, not the movie. Yeah, I, like the, I think I know the TV. I haven't watched it. Yeah, yeah. It's the one with, like, the... The Last Airbender? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so... Um, but, yeah, it's 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 silly, but at the same time, it has, like, a lot of really yeah. pertinent, like, life lessons. And it's the power it, of fiction. Yeah, and yeah. they have just, like, great episode after great episode. So my mm-hmm. friend was saying that it's the greatest TV show ever. Oh, wow. I've never thought about that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Let's get onto it. Yeah. No, I should. <laughs> yeah. And what, what sort of films have you seen recently? Um, I'm like really basic when it comes to like what I like as mm-hmm. far as films. I'm, I know that's probably me judging myself. But, I, <laughs> but yeah, like was just watching the, the It movie that came out. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, what else have I really seen in these last few weeks? 
I don't know. I, I'm struggling to think about movies because I've probably been watching more TV um, shows. more TV shows. But yeah. I've watched um, so lately. I've been watching Mindhunter. Oh, cool! And um, the Explained series mm. on Netflix as well. Oh, cool! Um, I enjoy that a lot. I think, like <laughs> I, I like take my films very seriously, but like my TV show taste is like so basic. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm like I love Riverdale. Cause mm. It's just so bad. I'm just like, how can you be so bad at making a TV show? Like, it's just addictive in a way. That's it. And I yeah. think it's about, like, looking more at art and the different ways that <clears throat> that it's, like, expressed as all being relevant. Yeah. As it being what it is. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, different ways it can fit into your life. That's right, yeah. <laughs> and, it, and it relates to different people differently. There's mm. nothing really to say that one is better than the other, yeah. and it's all constructed. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure there's lots of things better than Riverdale. But <laughs> yeah, but but then again, like, depends, like, how, why was it written? Like, you know, yeah. um, does it fulfill that? Like, yeah. Does it fulfill something in you? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, the enjoyment of just, you know, vegging out and laughing at bad bad writing is that's great. right yeah, yeah. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> um and you're kind of already talking about this but as someone who's like an audience member or a consumer of an art form uh, what does art do for you um for me it's like um i think as an audience member it's it's a weird relationship because it's difficult to to fully um articulate what what art means to me because it's it's pervasive and it like exists in very different parts of my life and um like like it's in the different moments like that I might be like listening to a song when something is happening and how I connect to that um and what that then means for um that particular day so so yeah that's how I how I kind of, I guess, um, relate to it, um, in more so how I, how I consume it and where I consume mm. it and what's also happening around me. Yeah. And do you remember the first time you connected with the arts? Um, the first time that I connected with the arts. So when I think at probably like the earliest memory that I, that I really have, um, at least being an active, um, participant and I think it was only when I was kind of like participating in it that I I made that connection mm-hmm. um, so I used to be a like a big big fan of um, uh, Diddy uh, or Puff Daddy mm-hmm. um, and um, Missy Elliott as well and what I would do is I would try and put together some of their lyrics oh cool as part of like saying that this is now my thing that i created and i would have all these different songs that yeah that i'd like completely different narratives (laughs) just joined together and i'd join and sometimes i'd mix in some of my own stuff in there but but that was like a way for me to find a way to like express myself but using their their words as yeah. mediums to be able to do and that. And you're like connecting on it with a deeper level by 
putting yourself in it probably and <laughs> maybe like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly exactly yeah yeah that's one way to look at it actually <laughs> i just thought i was story now <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah um but i remember like um when i first played it for um my parents and my sister and everyone was yeah so proud of me but at the same time knowing that this wasn't anything that i really created like good work <laughs> yeah but but, how, but yeah. that i mean i think that also speaks to the power of like people encouraging you to do stuff yeah exactly <laughs> i don't know if you um have like been on tiktok but there's like a trend of like people being like when you're like eight and you like do a dance performance for your parents and they're all just like oh wonderful (laughs) (laughs) you can stop now (laughs) yeah nah that's it it's funny (laughs) (laughs) and how did that kind of develop into you like starting to like seriously engage with like the aesthetics of words and how they sound because you're kind of both in poetry and rap um yeah so as far as uh, I think um, my journey in terms of uh, navigating, um, yeah, like language and um, and I guess like even like in how I was going to deliver, whether it was by poetry or mm. by um, me um, doing like music, I think I really started off um, just having the connection. Um, like say from that story and I just always had like the connection mm-hmm. with the music in that way and I always wanted to see myself as a rapper mm-hmm. um, and then um, I think at this around the same time as well that's when I had a really really big interest in just how language can transform situations mm-hmm. um, whether you're in conversation with someone or um or whether it's something that you're writing for something. And I used to see this in the ways that, like, I would hand in, like, say, assignments that I had to do for my English mm. class and just seeing the difference in grades that I would get when I was fully expressive and when I wasn't. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> How did that turn out? Um, <laughs> it was... No, no, it was, it was really, really interesting. So I um, I used to... And language is, like, an interesting thing, too, because there's all these rules. Mm. And they teach you these rules, like, at, at school. Um, and I, I realized that um, I think one of your greatest strengths as a writer is being able to recognize where those rules are and where you have room and freedom for you to, to do other things with those mm-hmm. rules and pretty much create your own from there. So... Um, for me, it materialized in like doing a, it was a essay that I had to do for Shrek. Shrek? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was a analysis. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> yeah. Um, of the, the movie. I think it was the first one. Um, and I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to go in and mm-hmm. I'm just going to actually really express myself and not think too much about yeah all these different things and yeah i ended up like getting a really really good grade for it and they put me in like an accelerate english class and oh, stuff cool. yeah it was, it, was yeah. All, it was all legit but i was like also one of the most unlikely people that you would see in one of those classes <laughs> and it's it's a funny story because 
that on my first day of that class, well, it's not really a funny story, it's a sad <laughs> story, <laughs> but on my first day of that class, the the teacher just couldn't believe that I was supposed to be in the class. <laughs> and yeah, so she, so I walked in, she was the head of English who, the one who had actually read the assignment was like, this person mm. needs to be in my class. And then I go to her class. I was late because I was playing basketball. Um, so I come in, like my pants are sagging and I'm holding my, my basketball yeah. in one hand and I walk into the classroom and, and then, yeah, she's just looking at me like very, in a very weird way because I just went in and I sat at the back. I didn't see anybody. <laughs> I was like, classes started. Um, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, you, I just didn't think to do anything else. Yeah. And then she, she, she goes like, Hey, you come, come out, come out to the front. Mm. Um, you know, and she was like, what are you doing here? And I was like, um, I just got uh, transferred into this classroom mm. trying to explain that to her. And she was like, you're not supposed to be here. <laughs> and it was like, whoa, like, you know, in, in the, in the classroom full of really smart yeah. kids already. And you're just kind of like, they're up the front. And I was just like, Oh shit. Okay. And then. She stepped out and then went to talk to the other teacher. And the other teacher was like, yeah, no, that's... <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I find, like, English teachers can make or break you and they can be like... Oh, it's, yeah. it's big. It's big. So ever since then, I've just dedicated everything I've ever written. <laughs> nah, but it's no lie, though. I, I really do operate like that because sometimes I'm really petty. <laughs> yeah, I remember, like, one my English teachers, because I transferred to a different school mm. in, like, the final year of high school, and I did, like, the, I forget, what's it called? Like, the Advanced English, Engl- I think it was called English Studies in South Australia. Mm-hmm. And the teacher was, like, she didn't really like me, because I think the rest of the students she had, like, for all of high school, she kind of trained them up to be in her, you know, Advanced English class in the final year, and then I was just, just like, this intruder. Yeah. And once, like, I submitted something and she just, like, accused me of plagiarism. She's like, it's, like, it's too good to be yours. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I go, like, I got held back from school, like, after and everything. And I had to, like, miss my bus. And it's I was, so embarrassing, yeah, too. Like, I was like, I did <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think it's just that idea of someone, like, not believing in you. It's yeah. just like, yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, it really can. And I think it, it depends with, like, then how you... Uh, navigate that situation after yeah. you come across it. Like, is this person really going to define everything or yeah. am I going to try and change it? After? Yeah, it can, it can give you more grit in a way. And you can't just be like, oh, okay, true. Like, I can't do anything. Or you can be like, I'll show you. Like, Yeah, yeah, that's it. I was very much always like, I'll show you. Yeah. <laughs> and what kind of came first? Was it the poetry or the rap? Um. So it was definitely the the rap um that 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 came first um and then when i was like first exposed to to poetry was when i did a yeah it was i think it was just i was just like watching youtube um and i was listening to um kanye west Mm -hmm. and the next video up was just of him doing something for deaf poetry jam Mm -hmm. And I was like, this is cool. Yeah. Here's a guy who's like, he raps. Yeah. Um, and I was like very much like a big fan. Um, and when I saw that, I was like, maybe I can like try and do this as well. Mm. And I started doing that out of my, 
my bedroom for for a while and i was oh, like cool. you know what yeah. like spoken word poetry is really was really cool because there's like yeah. a lot of different videos that you can watch and everyone has their own style yeah it's really expressive um and yeah i started doing that for a while and i from there i en- ended up entering a poetry competition because there wasn't any open mic nights like yeah. they have now these days so mm-hmm. everything was in competition <laughs> yeah um or at least i i didn't know where to go mm-hmm. yeah it was cool so i ended up becoming the third in queensland oh cool <laughs> yeah i was like oh shit i am actually i'm not bad <laughs> yeah half of that time in your bedroom performing yeah you. yeah so it was, it was fun <laughs> oh cool and kind of like i'm just wondering with like you get poetry and rap mm um so one came first another one came later how have they kind of like crossed over and but also like been separate from one another as you've gone on um yeah like i think it's very much in the same way that you've also asked the question it's yeah um, it's for me it's actually it's actually changed in the way that i view the two over Mm -hmm. time i used to think of them as being very separate from each other and in fact when i would write i would be like okay i'm putting on my poet hat and yeah i'm I'm gonna write this as a poet would write this and then when i do my music i'm like i'm gonna write this as a rapper would write this yeah um and then yeah over time just realizing that no this is all very much the same it's just words and yeah um sometimes you rhyme them sometimes you don't Mm -hmm. um Sometimes you're kind of, like, bound by the beat and what that allows you to yeah. do. Um, but at the very core of it, like, the message that you're saying is still uh, ultimately the same. The techniques that you're yeah. using is still ultimately the same. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yes, I so, like, I've kind of grown into now looking at the two and being like, you know what, they're, they're one and the same thing. Yeah. yeah. So it's... Even when I'm writing now, I'm trying not to have this thing where I'm like, I'm doing this for this. Mm-hmm. I'm just writing, and then whatever comes out of yeah. that process is that. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> so you're kind of like, when you're a teenager, you're like getting into it, and you're starting to perform, and then like you've, you've been doing that since as well, um, but you didn't go to like art school or do a literature degree. You did business and psychology. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah, Um. So like how have you found kind of like – balancing like kind of a like creative career with a more of a professional one. um yeah it's it's been it's been tough but i think at the same time it's probably what's made me um progress mm-hmm. in both of those um and i say that from the perspective that as a as a performer and even as a writer like i mean if you're doing some business writing or mm-hmm. you're now even overqualified <laughs> 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 you know to to write whatever you need to write um but at the same time like the stuff that i've learned from like say my professional um non-creative life has definitely um, helped me in terms of being able to market myself and yeah and do all of that mm. um, as well like in terms of the business administration of 
running your own yeah. business mm-hmm. as a as a creative person. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of giving more perspective. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's giving me more perspective and also, um, yeah, and also like, equipped me with the right things that I kind of need to mm-hmm. um, navigate yeah. whatever comes next. That's cool. Um, yeah, I find that like some people who are kind of like a hundred percent in their creative lives mm-hmm. might not kind of have the acumen to structure it in a way that they can deliver into the world in, in yeah. a nice impactful way. Nah, yeah. and I mean it's it's like that, but at the same time it's like everything is a process. Like yeah. um I say that but then there's also like parts of my art that I think also suffer because I don't mm. have as much time to um focus um purely yeah. on that. There's there's ideas that I yeah. have that I I can never fully see. Mm-hmm. Um becoming real because yeah. I can't invest that much time into mm-hmm. that single thing. Um, so, so yeah, there's definitely some things that you give up in that process. Yeah, the pros and cons. Huh. Um, and I thought I'd talk more about kind of your creative process because you're a writer and that's kind of like a self-reflective process. You're doing it in isolation, but then you're kind of delivering that in a very public-facing way through performance. Yeah. Um, so I'm just wondering, what do you keep in mind when you are writing for performance? Um, yeah, so when I'm writing for for performance, I, I tend to think more about... And it's, it's one of those things I hate it. Like, I mm. absolutely... Yeah. I, I, I hate the fact that I have to um, make concessions for... Um, for other people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that sounds selfish. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, but I don't, I don't necessarily like that, that, that part of the process where you have to allow for it, but I understand its necessity because mm-hmm. like, as, as you might want to think of art as something that is, you know, purely for yourself. Yeah. And, that's me coming from that perspective, but at the same time looking at it and being like, you know what, like, at the end of the day, I also do get something from it. Like, you know, people yeah. do come up to me and they're like, oh, you know, I, I like this yeah. performance and stuff like that. And that, yeah. on some level, still gives you some level of satisfaction. Yeah, that's nice. <laughs> yeah. And how do you kind of go about, like, I can imagine if it was me and, you know, performing poetry. Because I write some poetry, but I'd, like, never show it to anyone because mm-hmm. it's so, like, personal. How do you kind of manage showing those, like, more vulnerable parts to yourself in uh, the process of performance? Yeah. It's like, do I manage? Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fatal position afterwards. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, we laugh, but... <laughs> <laughs> No, uh, seriously. Uh, so it's it's crazy because I don't think that I consciously think about it, mm-hmm. um, but I but I think I am managing. Yeah, if that makes sense. Yeah, um, I don't consciously um, think about how I I'm about to go up and I'm going to do this piece that's also speaking to something that's very. Um, real about something that I might have experienced or, or what have you. I think what tends to happen is that I think that I'm by myself when I'm on stage. Yeah. Um, and I don't really 
see those people and mm-hmm. I try not to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And what about the more sort of like performance abilities such as, you know, I think this is probably both with like rap and poetry and how they lay over with like tempo and breathing and rhythm. Mm-hmm. Is that difficult or is, does that come naturally? Uh, I don't, yeah, no, I don't think it comes like naturally. It's, it's a lot of practice. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a, it's it's a lot of practice for you to be to be aware mm-hmm. of the different ways in which you can use all of those yeah. tools and devices, mm-hmm. um, and and yeah, it's it's very much a process. Like, say for example, I think some of my first performances that are still on the internet because I haven't been able to ask mm-hmm. the people that have them up to remove them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like I see that a lot. I'm like, oh shit! I was I still didn't know how to do this, and yeah. I still didn't know, like you know, uh, how to like say navigate this particular um, line or mm-hmm. or whatever that I might be I'm um, saying. And now just realizing that I have so much awareness of the freedom and flexibility that I have when I'm when I'm on stage, mm-hmm. whether it's um, before I actually get on stage and I'm writing the material yeah. to when I'm actually on stage in terms of how I present something. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's just, it just looks like this canvas where I'm like, I can paint whatever I want to here. Yeah. Yeah. Do you like over time become more conscientious of the different like tools that you have and how you can use them? Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, definitely. And it's, it's like, yeah, it's a, it's a good thing. Um, for sure, um, yeah. it, I think it it allows you to, yeah, to 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 go deep on like yeah. uh, on, on something and really uh, like express it in the way that you want to. Yeah, yeah. that's cool. And <laughs> I was kind of thinking also about you know your work is like a lot of storytelling, but mm-hmm. also in some of your, the poems that I was watching online, you kind of like reference the process of writing and mm-hmm. about being a creative person and how you've put things together. Yeah. Um, so why why do you reflect on creativity um, so much? Yeah. I don't know. I think it's it's born out of frustration. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's 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 definitely um, uh, born out of that, and I think it's worthwhile also documenting the process that mm-hmm. creates some of the art that we enjoy. I yeah. think um, and. And yeah, like say for example, um, in writing Gladiator, I wrote it mm. for the competition, um, and it was almost me kind of looking at the fact that yeah, I have this upcoming thing that, which is the the Grand mm. Slam. Uh, championship thing that I have to do but at the same time there's only certain kinds of pieces that will get me the points to win and I really yeah. want to go to the states like <laughs> you know what I mean yeah. and and then realizing just how crazy that was yeah. that I had to write a particular type of piece for me to feel yeah. like um this would be the piece that would get me the points that I need. Yeah. So I wrote this one because I was like, 
I would only perform this one as the very last one because at that point I don't care because I'm on the team. Yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it was kind of like that. <laughs> but it did really well and you got to go to the States. Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah it was it was fun. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and what was that, tri- like, what was it like being like, oh, my God, like, my work is taking me overseas? Like, how, how was that experience for you? It's, um, despite, like, what the piece talks about, <laughs> it's validating yeah. <laughs> to, to get, like, that um, external um, um, validation mm-hmm. and also considering that a lot of the people that do come to these events are also some of your peers within yeah. the spoken word community of wherever you might be. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's, it was definitely one of those things I was like, yeah, like, I can say that I did this is not just me yeah. like you know um I, I think like every time is or at least for me at like the stage that I'm at in my creative career I look at it and I'm like it's hard to sometimes you you look at everything that you've done and you don't necessarily look at it as being official yet yeah yeah, yeah. like nah but I'm just you know, just doing this, like, yeah. after work. And, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sometimes I hang out with my friends and we're on stage. Yeah. And <laughs> so that's that perspective of your own own life, I guess. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, so it's it's interesting when, like, people invite you to do podcasts and you're like, what am I going to talk about? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, just a, I'm just a guy who sometimes goes off and does poetry and, <laughs> and I rap sometimes. Yeah, I guess you always compare yourself to, like, other people around you. You're like, oh, my friend does not perform at poetry slams and mm. win. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. Do this other stuff. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's funny being in the creative communities because I guess because like everyone around you is doing so much stuff, you can always forget to legitimize your own work. Yeah, also, yeah, the, that's the, it. The validity and the value in it. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah, and kind of like where going off that, like, where do you think, like, how how would you define your the, the place you are right now in your creative career? Um, I think I'm in a place where I'm I'm happy. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really happy that I can, I can do shows and people turn up. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm happy that, like, I can, I have the flexibility to be able to, um, create some of the beautiful things that I imagine. Um, and, and yeah, it's like, it's one of those things, it's like, there's, there's obviously levels that are beyond what I'm already currently doing. I could be working um, full-time as a mm. creative person as, like, the next way to, say, perhaps maybe elevate from that. But I think it's really important for me to acknowledge the fact that I'm in a very good place right now. Yeah. Yeah. That's nice. It'd be cool to talk more about kind of the industries you're working in, which is very interesting because <laughs> you're kind of in two – there's, like – you know, rap, hip hop, mm-hmm. but also spoken word. Yep. I think in my head, in the very cliche way, I'm just like, wow, those like, they would just have different audiences, different people participating. Yeah. They're like, rap is like very cool, and then like, poetry <laughs> is like dorky. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I guess I don't know what I'm asking mm-hmm. here. <laughs> no, go ahead. But like, um, I guess like, what have you found in both those communities has like, what has been like the most valuable parts, but also the detrimental Ooh. aspects that you would like to see improved? Yeah. Um, so 
I think for for spoken word um so just detrimental aspects and valuable like and valuable yeah. okay so yeah i feel like you're bad mouthing people without sandwiching it in a, <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a compliment <laughs> yeah um yeah so i think first for spoken word um one of the things that i've seen at least from uh from my experience that has been really um positive is that that gateway for me to be able to um, connect with so many different people. Um, it's 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 so accessible. There's like you know, there's like old people. There's like you know, there's young people in the audience. There's mm. people who believe in entirely different things um, altogether. Um, and it depends on obviously like where you go with some of like you know the open mic nights and stuff like mm. that, but. Because of the nature of it being poetry, it lends itself to um, at least open up dialogue and conversation between people who otherwise wouldn't have mm. had, yeah, like you know, a meaningful like one-to-one conversation mm. with each other. Um, so within those spaces, you can often talk about um, very difficult things, um, and I think it also makes people comfortable to to actually approach other people to talk about mm. them, and and I think that's that's very valuable um and i think as far as like um hip-hop and what i see is being valuable within um um that particular um community and also just the art form itself it's yeah it's just it's it's just another um form of expression and it makes it Mm. um so accessible and especially for younger people as well Mm. Um, and yeah, one of the things that I often, um, think about and it was after seeing, I think it was like an interview with, um, uh, JPEG Mafia and, and yeah, there was a quote, um, or something rather, which was talking about, um, rap being one of like, um, the, the best out forms out there. And it's very difficult for you to ever truly articulate that to someone. Yeah. Um, if you look at the way that rap and hip hop has evolved over time, mm. the way music sounds, and you compare it to, say, um, other genres that have pretty much also remained the same. Yeah. Like rap, the instruments have changed. Mm-hmm. Like the 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 tones, the, um, the lyrics, the Mm. structures, um, sometimes it's like, it's for like the way that he was describing it was like, it's, it, it becomes formless. Mm. Um, and you can kind of do whatever you want within it. And I, and I personally enjoy that, that freedom and flexibility. And I think I even feel it more so, especially now than I do with the poetry. Mm -hmm. I used to think that poetry was more, um was more uh was more free because it didn't have the beats mm-hmm. but i think yeah rap is probably even more so now yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's, that's awesome and what about the, the detrimental parts of both yeah so as far as like the detrimental parts i think they probably like like what i have to say probably sits with both of them mm-hmm. i think 
recognition of the other and its legitimacy. Yeah. Um, and also the oneness mm-hmm. of the two. Because it's like, it's a very different reaction that I'll get from an audience when I say that I'm a rapper. Mm-hmm. <laughs> in, in front of a spoken word audience. Yeah. Um, and also when I say that I'm a poet, um, there's a lot of different associations that yeah. people then start mm-hmm. to make. Mm-hmm. before and then when i actually perform they're like yeah he really is a mix of like rap and poetry yeah. like <laughs> yeah so um i think at least from my own personal experience that's yeah. one thing that i think people should have greater awareness over yeah i guess this mm. kind of can be like these canons mm-hmm. in the or like silos in mm-hmm. the arts like you know you can be you know in visual arts and you're here and then there's like you're a poet and you're in here yeah and um, you know, you're a rapper, you're over here. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's like more of an another, it's like blending and people do lots of different things with their talents and they might fit into different industries or subcultures. Yeah. Of the arts. Yeah. And I, and I think we, we tend to naturally just want things to be easy for us, but yeah. they're not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We can't just say that this is this and this is that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, with like the spoken word industry, like mm. I've noticed that your poems will use a lot of like very clear language that like most people could engage with, which mm. I think might be kind of across the spoken word sort of genre, mm-hmm. kind of compared to written like on the page poetry, which might use more abstract yep. language, which is I think is really cool because often it can be like so it can be very clearly communicated but a very impactful way. Yeah, a lot of spoken word isn't it um like mostly like talking about things that are more political or. Um, or like uh, social justice mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, I guess kind of like what what are your comments on that kind of the accessibility of spoken word? Yeah, like I think as far as like say what I see as being um, topics that are uh, covered within um, spoken word, I think it's. Like, people talk about everything. Like, yeah. um, and because of that, it makes it really accessible. Like, what you end up seeing mostly on, um, on say YouTube and stuff like that, um, is usually the stuff that also grips you from mm. an emotional perspective. Um, and also grips you from, um, from that, um, perspective that it's looking at things that relate to a lot Mm. more people Mm -hmm. and usually you tie that to say um identity Mm. or something but that doesn't make poetry any more um um inaccessible Mm. because of it it in fact it kind of um just illustrates the time that we live in because Mm. these are the topics that end up you end up having a perception yeah. of what it is but yeah. it's not truly reflective when you actually go to the open mic nights oh uh, yeah so that's okay. the reason why i was saying that like i could do i could go up and say i wanted to do a poem about x like which is like something not really that meaningful mm-hmm. but my ability to be able to win the competition yeah is now severely impacted yeah that's interesting <laughs> like as you're talking i was kind of thinking like most of my exposure of from spoken word poetry is the things that go viral on Facebook. That's right, yeah. That sort of thing. Um, <laughs> it's not all that serious. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, um, it, but it is yeah. in some ways. Um, and sometimes people tackle it in, 
in yeah. different formats. Yeah. So I guess that's also like the flip side that it can be very accessible, but mm. also very inaccessible. Mm. Um, I guess, yeah, as you're saying, like the pressure for competitions affecting the way that you write. Mm-hmm. Um, and for I guess for people who are listening who don't really know what slams are, mm-hmm. um, you can correct me because this is just kind of like my Googling. Yeah, sure. <laughs> um, so for like at a slam competition, um, a poll will ch- uh, like perform their own piece. They have a time limit and then judges are chosen from the audience and then they will give a score or like an, was it like an applause or something like that. Yeah. So yeah. it's, uh, so there'll be like five judges. Uh, I think five, like changes yeah. <laughs> but yeah it's it's typically five judges and they have um a scorecard that they hold mm-hmm. up um and it's they have to give a score between one and ten yeah yeah um and obviously like you've done well in this process because you did win the um, yeah what is it that the slam the slam 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 um and you went to chicago as you were saying before for the national poetry slam i'm just wondering like how necessary is for someone maybe like you or someone else who is, you know, developing their spoken word poetry to participate in these slams? Um, ooh, that's, that's, that's like a, that's, it's a tough question. Um, it's like, I did this, like I, I, I went through the whole thing of, um, yeah, competing in like the slam competitions to the point where I won and I was like, I, I don't know if I want to enter another yeah. one. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Mm. And there's others that I could, um, obviously, um, enter. But at the same time, it's like, I guess what I would say from it is that I would actually encourage people to do it. Yeah. Um, but I think it's also about being able to recognize when you feel like it's no longer serving you in the mm-hmm. same way that, um, that you thought it might. Yeah. Um, and for me, the way that that's happened has been through like, so the one of the main things that I took out from competing in the competitions was the experience that I actually got by flying over to the States and, mm-hmm. and, um, being in, um, in the same space with some of the artists that I actually looked up to mm-hmm. and realizing that there's different, uh, there's different things that happen because poetry is happening here at a local mm. level um whereas i'm um, here in australia we have we're in our own bubble yeah. and then taking like my poems there and realizing so oh this is very different from yeah. what they do here yeah and i think i could well I, i've always wanted to do that like it's cool seeing someone else do that yeah it, like kind of gives me legitimacy to like come mm. back so i came back and i was like holy shit this is something really really important that i'd learned but then at the same time i was like challenged by this idea that um of performing on stages and um having to give so much of yourself Mm -hmm. um and and what for (laughs) like (laughs) you know um and now like thinking about i'm like i maybe i like i still want to perform but Mm -hmm. i also want to dictate the terms around how i do that yeah um and I also want to perhaps maybe 
build a more solid um, foundation and find a way to actually monetize it outside of um, these external institutions yeah. that don't really provide a means for you to be able to make a um, like a, a decent enough income from what you're doing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so do you find in some ways the slam sort of structure can limit experimentation? Um, yeah, so it's like it limits it limits experimentation and it doesn't because you could also come up with an idea that yeah <laughs> grabs the room yeah yeah because so i guess it could drive it as well because you're it could of, it could yeah, drive it like as well taking aspect of it yeah so yeah. like um for me like an example of that would be say um gladiator i mm-hmm. i turned around and i started addressing to the the judges directly yeah um towards the end of the piece which like is also like experimenting um yeah. but at the same time i think it's more so about um yeah like i'd like to see more happy poems and like yeah <laughs> like you know what i mean <laughs> but i i that's just me personally yeah um but i but i also see why some of these other pieces get more uh, more points and i yeah. applaud that it's just that within that context that's all you really can mm-hmm. make room for yeah and what are audiences like are most people in the audience um kind of people who are also writing poetry or would you just get like people who enjoy it like yeah. Uh, I think you get people who enjoy it and then people who uh, also write. Um, yeah. Some, sometimes people write stuff and then they share. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like secret. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. You get a, you, you get a pretty mixed audience, which is, which yeah. is always cool. And, yeah. Um, cause sometimes people come up and be like, yeah, this is my first time seeing something like this. Oh, and cool. It's like completely yeah. kind of blown my mind yeah i think like i this year i really wanted to go to the spoken word festival because mm-hmm. i don't think that yeah i don't think i've ever been to something like that mm-hmm. and it was just like a really busy few weeks and it was like i could come like the algorithm just knew that that's what i wanted to do so yeah. like facebook <laughs> was just like constantly showing me these like amazing events and i was like oh yeah. I, like i really want to go but <laughs> yeah <laughs> schedules you know um nah, i get that yeah so you recently hosted something called a secret show. Yes. So how does that kind of fit into this, like the stuff you're talking about, kind of like esca- escaping the structures and making something for yourself? Um, yeah. So yeah, the secret show is just, um, when I get together with, um, a group of, um, my friends, um, and people that I really enjoy like collaborating with. Yeah. Um, and we, we pick a we pick a location and we keep it secret for like yeah. three months whilst we're planning this oh, big cool. massive project. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and as part of the whole thing, people don't obviously people don't know where it is. Um, they don't know who else is performing. Yeah. Um, and they don't know what it'll be and what kind of structure and format mm-hmm. um, that that will take. So, so yeah, this, this last one that we did, um, was myself and I invited some other, um, uh, multidisciplinary artists that, 
uh, I knew mm-hmm. um, that were doing stuff that I was like interested in, where they're like mixing um, projections with mm-hmm. their spoken word or their oh, music. Yeah. And yeah, we had it in this big uh, uh, warehouse mm-hmm. uh, type location, which had um, these massive. Uh, walls, white walls. So, like, you know, the yeah. photography studios have those cycloramas. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. And it looks like you're um, kind of sitting in an endless space. Ah, uh, beautiful. Yeah, so when you put yeah. projections on that, it also gives yeah. it that same mm-hmm. kind of impression, but, like, from yeah. like, the audience perspective. So we had, like, these big videos that were playing mm-hmm. over the top of other the people actually yeah. standing in front um, performing. And it was, yeah, it was, it was a vibe. Um, but yeah, like the way that it kind of, I guess, fits in within the Melbourne, um, poetry scene is it's, um, yeah, like I obviously invite people that, that I look up to and it's like a mixture of rappers and (laughs) and poets as well and, and singers and, um, and it just becomes like this event, but it's now it's kind of like removing those barriers that we we create to separate yeah all right um because sometimes i want to use all of those different things mm-hmm. like i want to i want to rap and also want to do my poems and yeah. i want to show you this cool little video yeah. Th- like yeah <laughs> you know um and i want to do like you know whilst i'm on stage i want to do some theatrical stuff too like you yeah. know so it's it's like it's wanted to just be yeah like <laughs> and creating, provide freedom yeah yeah like creating the event that you wanted yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, because I think before you actually, and I think that's where I see a lot of, um, like, say, other artists get um, stumped on, is that, like, it's easy for you to, like, quit what you're doing because you haven't necessarily been given um, the the right resources for you to produce what you want to mm-hmm. with like no risk <laughs> yeah. you know um but at the same time it's it's also one of those validating things to yeah. like start something from scratch and be like okay um gonna uh, gonna build this out and i'm mm-hmm. lucky that like i work with um my wife and we mm-hmm. kind of work as a team in that way like yeah. in terms of putting together some of these shows that's so cool. It yeah. seems like it would take like a lot of vision mm. as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We like plan out the whole year and do the whole thing. And be like, yeah, we want to do this and do that. And yeah. that's amazing. <laughs> Does she do poetry as well? Um, yeah, she she writes poetry as well. Um, she's yeah, she she like looks at um, different um, mediums as well mm-hmm. as far as like. Um, ways to express yourself so there's like the poetry um like film directing mm-hmm. and also doing some visual art as well stuff as well so she's yeah. one of the secret show artists that we had too amazing yeah that like such a great event <laughs> yeah that um, no, was fun and kind of like i feel like we'll be talking about like poetry a lot we could talk more about hip-hop as well mm-hmm. um I kind of went down like a little bit of a rabbit hole because I don't listen to a lot of hip hop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to be honest, my partner does. Um, but like, I just feel like maybe just subconsciously, I've never given it the time of day. And then mm-hmm. I kind of felt like down a little bit of a rabbit hole and I was like, oh, wow, like 
it's actually quite cool because yeah, yeah I, I love like when I listen to music, I'm really like addicted to lyrics and how people oh use yeah for to sure express themselves and tell stories yeah, yeah. like um it's yeah it, it's crazy because there's so many like hidden gems that like lie within hip hop like some of the world's greatest poets are like are, are just rappers like yeah. <laughs> you know <laughs> and and the crazy thing is it's so easy for somebody to to like not not look at it based on the way that it's been um presented to us or like the negative connotations Definitely. that we sometimes hear but but yeah there's there's a lot of like um yeah a lot of like life lessons and a lot of things that are articulated in the best way that they possibly could through yeah that. yeah yeah um like and i was like kind of reading about like the history and how it was you know, it's like very like um kind of new york mm-hmm. based and it's kind of come out of that and people kind of reflecting what life is like for them mm-hmm. in certain suburbs in a certain period of time yeah so then in australia it kind of only started to develop and people kind of replicating america for a while and only just started in the last two decades to kind of start reflecting like the australian experience yeah what, whatever people are experiencing in australia and mm-hmm. identity and stuff like that so i'm just kind of like that's what I read. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> how true, like, yeah. How much, I'm just wondering, like, as for you, because mm. you, like, you're Australian, you're born in Zimbabwe. Um, I'm actually a Kiwi. But Kiwi? Oh, <laughs> are you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm a Kiwi and I'm a Zimbabwean as well. Oh, cool. Um, so I'm just kind of wondering, how did you navigate the kind of, like, the Americanness of hip-hop and rap and how did you kind of come into your own in it when you're developing your style? Yeah. Um so when i was uh really uh, really young um and i would write raps about i don't know like say my principal or or something mm. that i didn't like <laughs> yeah um and that was very much my life i was also listening to uh 50 cent i was like listening yeah. to like eminem um and that that period like went on for a very um, long time, where m- my own writing was very much influenced by um, what I was also listening to. And because I was also so young, uh, I was trying to use those same ways of expressing that they were mm-hmm. um, to kind of. Um, express what was going on in my own life, but it was never truly representative because I'd have to, like, make things up about, like, you know, and I'm just like, this isn't actually, like, you know, I'm not, like, in in a gang. (laughs) (laughs) Like, you know, I'm not, like, like, you know, my life actually doesn't look like this, but Mm -hmm. my life is unique in its own. And there are certain stories that I have um, that I want to share and that I want to tell that... um, that I that I think are worthwhile um, expressing at least um, from my point of view because there's other people that will be able to relate to them mm-hmm. as having um, these um, like you know like say growing up um, African mm-hmm. in Australia or, yeah. in, or in New Zealand as well um, and what that actually what that actually means so if anything I think what's happened. For me, is more so the um, the realization that 
I am a mix of many different things. Mm-hmm. And the way that I kind of um, navigate the world will be influenced by all of those different things. But yeah. ultimately, what I truly want to capture is the um, the subtle nuances of my everyday existence. Mm-hmm. With those nuances, how does rap specifically let you capture those nuances, maybe with like its lyrics or music compared to um, think another th- sort of medium? Um, I think, yeah, so when it comes to rap, you have you have a lot more um, freedom in terms of how you express yourself because obviously now it's tied to it's tied to the music as well um, and the way that that's arranged but then again that's also your own canvas as well mm-hmm. um, depending on how you work um, there's there was this artist um, that I um, uh, whose interview I was reading about, I think it was called uh, JPEG Mafia, and was specifically talking about how rap is is formless, um, and it's one of those art forms that really truly gives you the full range of um, possible um, expression. And I think really what he was trying to speak to was the fact that if you listen to um, music or like rap music like in the um, 90s and you listen to it in the 2010s and you listen to it now it's very different mm-hmm. um, there's the subgenres that exist within that but if you listen to other forms of music they all kind of relatively sound the same as they always have but rap is like constantly evolving and because of that is probably one of the most um authentic ways um that we can truly express ourselves through music yeah has there been any sort of writing or recording processes um for you that has really revealed that freedom i think just even having the flexibility to mix my poetry and my rap and look at them as two things that are very different but at the same time um the same has allowed me to do that now like I even play around like harmonizing with um within my range yeah. <laughs> or at least I think so um but yeah it's it's I, it's just knowing that like you have a lot of tools at your disposal that you can use at any given moment to mm-hmm. um tell your story yeah and kind of speaking more about a rap in the creative industries and audience perception had this funny experience recently um and the people about to talk about probably will be listening to this podcast but um i'm I'm sure they will see the humor in it looking back (laughs) but they'll they'll kind of um bad talking rap um speaking about pop music and saying you know it's so annoying when like some rap on it comes on when you're listening to a pop song and like in 2020 we should just get rid of this trend it's just so annoying and it kind of made me think about like you know not everyone has to like all types of music but Mm. what is it about rap that kind of makes people kind of withdraw a little bit or feel a little bit defensive um and how can people kind of open themselves up more to enjoy it like what sort of things should people be looking for when they're listening to it and enjoying it some more i think that rap music can be extremely confronting um and whether that's 
like uh, I guess what you'd um, what you'd think about when you hear a song that's also perhaps maybe political um, and is also um, within the, in the format that rap usually um comes in like you know people are rhyming and like they're really vibing to the beat and everything and then there's also like um the rap that's also like very sexual um in terms of like some of the things that it expresses it's very open it's very raw people are telling their life stories and because of that i think that's what tends to lead people to not want to have so much of a connection with it because I think it's confronting in that way. Um, listening to, say, uh, I don't know, like, say, um, Jay-Z's earliest stuff or, like, 21 Savage or um, Chief Keef or any of these um, these rappers talk about their, their lives, like, talk about, like, how sometimes they, um, they might have had, like, a really rough upbringing like that's confronting because it's real mm. and then sometimes people try to act like it isn't do you think like in some ways it's a bit classist like people don't want to be exposed to songs that talk about rough experiences oh yeah 100 yeah. percent, or stories that don't look like their own yeah yeah and i think sometimes people also think about um i think the glorification of some of the things that are expressed within rap is being um the things that will that they end up like trying to, uh, I guess, separate them um, themselves from. But those are the, also the harsh realities mm. of the very world that we live in. Um, and if anything, this is just allowing us to have a discussion about it and talk about ways for us to be able to fix it. So I guess what you're kind of saying is that rap is um, kind of very expansive in what you can talk about. But then we kind of like have this double standard because we don't like it doing so. But then like other art forms, we... Yeah. Let them. No, um, it's it's insane that when you're uh, listening to 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 like say rap music, we don't ever I think liken it to some of the films that we watch um, and the stories that they try to tell um, and the format in which that they're also told. They're very graphic. In fact, sometimes they're very visual. Mm -hmm. um, and with rap, whether you're talking about um, the violence that exists within it or you're talking about the, um, I guess, as some of the, the other topics that are also mm -hmm. explored within that, it's, it's so easy for us to detach it from the rest of the world that we yeah. actually live in. Uh, and the fact that this all exists around us and mm. it's just somebody who's actually trying to tell the story but they're doing it in their own way. Yeah, and I guess in a way that there is like this, you know, we we need art forms and music that lets people talk about things like violence or uncomfortable life experiences. And especially, I guess, rap is fairly dominated by men and the men don't often get those spaces either to poetically and emotionally talk about those things. Oh, definitely. Um, I think it's it's a it's a really big outlet for that. And what's always interesting with um, rap as well is it's like how I was talking about like how it's like constantly um, evolving and that's one of the things that I really like about it. I feel like more recently there's probably been 
more of a recognition that or acceptance that it, that rap can also um it doesn't have to like manifest itself in a in a violent manner i think we mm-hmm. went from like gangster rap to like rap is now singing and that's cool like yeah <laughs> <laughs> and it's some of the things that they're talking about or like um rapping about um are yeah they're just very different topics to what was um what used to be explored before like talking yeah. about like you know um love in a different way not yeah. to say that they haven't before it's just that it seems more in touch with who these people genuinely are yeah i kind of noticed that when i um knew you're coming on the podcast i tried to listen to a bit more rap when i'm in the car and stuff and listen to it with a bit more an open mind and i was like oh wow like some of these concepts are actually quite sweet yeah and kind of just like really gentle in a way and then i had this i was like kind of studying my own internal bias that these songs because they like you know originally were associated with more um different things that i just assumed all songs in rap were kind of you know going down that path but they yeah it's not even predominantly yeah like that that's the way that it's you also have to think about um i guess what what's popular music and why is it popular music yeah exactly and all the things that come into that um but yeah there's a lot of um variety exactly and i don't don't even think like we really need to make a case for it there's obviously like a huge audience exactly (laughs) and lots of people who get like a lot from it and you've said a couple of times you're a Kanye fan um, and, you know, he recently, I guess, guess recently it's kind of been like three or four months now, released his newest album. Yeah. Which was kind of like hyper-religious. Um, I'm just wondering what your, like, your opinions are on that album. And is, is like religion like much of a theme in rap music or is this something that's kind of new? Um, um, I think it's definitely a theme um, in, in rap music. Yeah. Uh, it's difficult for me specifically to talk about it because it's not something that I've always necessarily um, sought out. So I don't think I'm the best person to talk about mm-hmm. that particular aspect of it. But I can say that um, I, I actually like the album. I think there was just certain parts that um, that I didn't really like. And that was probably more so because of the song itself and the structure mm-hmm. of it um, than, than it being about the topic of it. Um, I think it's admirable. <laughs> yeah. Um, that he's doing um something like this. Um, at the same time, I also realize the complexities that kind of exist yeah. within that is somebody who's has the catalog that he has. Yeah, and why do you think it's admirable? Uh very often people try to tell you not to um do things because they're. I think projecting their own fears onto mm-hmm. you. Um, they're thinking that this may not make sense within this context because of this. So I think sometimes for me, like my admiration of um, like say um, an artist like Kanye West is more so I think what those actions of his symbolically represent. Mm-hmm. Um, not all of them, but <laughs> <laughs> But I take I take I take the good stuff when I can. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How do you think it compares to his other albums? Uh, it's nowhere near some of his other albums, <laughs> but but it was good to get a new album. This yeah. Year. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I 
I didn't listen to him much. Really liked uh, Life of Pablo. Yeah, I thought it was super fun. <laughs> yeah, no, no, Life of Pablo was fun. Um, and I think quite a lot of people probably didn't think that that was his best work either. Yeah, I'd probably recommend listening to My Dark Twisted Fantasy. All right, cool. Yeah. Thanks for the recommendation. <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> Unsolicited, but it's all good. <laughs> Just to close mm -hmm. up, um, what can we see from you in the next 12 months? I haven't done my 2020 plan, so right now we're in December. Yeah. And, <laughs> and yeah, I need tick, to have tick, my tick. New Year's resolutions <laughs> ready. Uh, but yeah, I think for 2020, I do want to, I want to write more music and I want to, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I want to release that, uh, like, properly. <laughs> yeah. Um and yeah, I want to see where that that journey kind of takes me. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, so I just want to focus on writing and uh and performing music. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> this is saying then is that just as you don't know how you manage to be conscious, how you manage to grow and shape this body of yours, uh -huh. that doesn't mean to say that you're not doing it. Okay. Equally, you don't know uh -huh. how the universe shines the stars, okay. constellates the constellation and galactifies the galaxies. You don't know. But that doesn't mean to say that you aren't doing it in just the same way as you're breathing without knowing how you breathe. 
Thank you so much for plugging in and listening to my little podcast today. If you want to hear more of In The Arts, episodes are on all podcast apps like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, etc. Wherever you find your podcast, it will be there. And these are released each Thursday, probably until early March, unless, of course, I decide to make some more. Admittedly, though, this is a bit of an experiment for me. I have no performance or public speaking experience, um, so I'm coming to this very green so it would mean the world to me if you could let me know if you are listening and enjoying the show you can do so by subscribing on one of those podcast apps you can leave a review which would be lovely or you could even just do something like popping a screenshot of the episode in your instagram story you can tag me my instagram is tan super dry like the beer han super dry i'll pop this all in the show notes again thanks for listening